Well, hello there. Welcome to our second episode of Carolyn's Corner. Hello. I'm Carolyn. <laughs> and I'm Brianna. That's right. We're so excited to be back. We had a little change of plans. We were going to have a special guest, but today uh, we are now going to talk about something that is definitely not sexy. Taxes. <laughs> Taxes, yes. <laughs> but you know what is sexy? Hmm. What is sexy is keeping your money at the end of the day. So we're going to talk about how we're going to do that. Okay. So first of all, we're going to start off with 1031 exchanges. Um, I, I know a lot of people out there have investment properties, and probably most of you know what it means to have a 1031 exchange, but we'll go through just the core basics if you are considering purchasing a rental property. So, okay, let's get into the 1031 exchange. So the 1031 exchange is a swap of one investment for another that defers you having to pay capital gains taxes. So... Uh, first of all, once you're closed, your proceeds will go into an exchange company. So we use an exchange company here locally um, called Safe Harbor, and they take a very small percentage of the uh, proceeds, and they will hold the money, kind of like an escrow, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you go from one escrow account to the exchange company. So it's kind of like an escrow. Mm -hmm. um, so they hold on to your money so until you get your replacement property. So you have 45 days to identify in writing what your replacement property is going to be. And it doesn't have to be a property, actually. I don't know if you knew that, uh, Bree, but there are a lot of different types of vehicles, as they call them, investment vehicles that you can exchange. So it doesn't have to be a property. But the tip, well, for our purposes, being that we're in real estate, we'll talk about real estate. Okay. So. Um, so you have 45 days to identify up to three replacement uh, vehicles, and you then have 180 days total to get that closed. So 180 days from when you closed, mm -hmm. you must have it closed. So, and what would happen if we didn't close it, Brie? If, if we weren't able to close in 180 days? Well, then the deal's done, or gone. Right. Yeah. Then you pay capital gains. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so the uh, exchange company, they have to charge 3.3% of, uh, of the uh, property, uh, the proceed, and they have to pay that to the IRS directly. So you right off the, off the bat will lose your 3.3%, mm -hmm. and that will go to the IRS. And then the, the rest of your capital gains will happen in your taxes. So that's what happens if you don't. Mm -hmm. so you try to avoid Not good, yes. Money, right? Yep. Um, so in addition to that, if you have a mortgage, so these are some of the other things that people don't think about. So let's say that property had a mortgage and that mortgage was, uh, uh, a million dollars. And then we buy a re replacement property and the new mortgage is going to be 900,000. So the difference, that hundred thousand is considered gain. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to have to pay taxes on that a hundred thousand. So mm -hmm. you want to consider that too when you're, you're choosing your replacement property. And you can purchase more than once. So you sell that million dollar property um, and you could purchase two properties. So it doesn't have to be one, it could be multiple. Yep. Uh, so in addition to that, um, you, I think we covered everything, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, pretty straightforward. Just 180 days so that <laughs> Make <laughs> you sure don't have to do more capital gains. Right. Otherwise, bye-bye <laughs> money. Yes. Um, all righty. So also, we 
going to talk about, um, what are we talking about next week? Um, did you talk about the, um, well, something I wanted to add too to yeah. that. Um, I know this has nothing to do really with taxes, but something that's important about a 1031 exchange is that I believe it was up to two years after you purchase, you can't live in the house, correct? After you purchase it? Oh, you're yeah. not supposed to, yeah. It, yeah. This is for only for properties that you do not live in. Yeah. Yeah. There are ways to convert a 1031 exchange, um, though, in t you know, from a primary residence into a um, into a 1031 exchange, but we're not going to go into that okay. in more detail. Okay. Thank you for pointing that out. Yes. Okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about in this tax podcast is the Prop 19. A lot of people don't know what's going on with this one. <laughs> okay. Um, Prop 19. So what is Prop 19? Prop 19 uh, was passed this year in California. So that's specifically for California. So if you're not in California, this doesn't apply to you. But we've had um, a really cool uh, opportunity of transferring your tax basis if you're 55 and over. Now, Prop 19 had two different factors, and we're only going to go over the one that's related specifically to 55 and over. Um, and so we've had this transferring of tax basis for a long time, but with Prop 19, it opened it up. So mm -hmm. now there's additional um, advantages that you can have. So the big one is um, you can use any county. So previously, I think it was like 10 counties that would cooperate. And here in California, I don't even know how many we have, but we have a lot of counties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Heck of a lot more than 10. <laughs> so now all counties must yep. cooperate. Yep. So you can go anywhere in California, which is, is a great advantage. Um, and then the other really big factor is previously with a ten, uh, with a um, transferring a tax basis, you would have to purchase a home that was less expensive because the assumption was if you're 55, you're going to go into a smaller home. Well, in real life, that's not the way things always work because maybe you're going to a smaller home, but you're going from your big, huge house inland and you're going to go to a beach house that costs more money. Mm -hmm. So, um, so now you're able to purchase a home that costs more. So you can go get that beach house. So a way to think about that would be if you, let's say you're selling your, your big, huge house for um, one million, we'll use the, the round number, and you're gonna buy a beach house for 1.2 million. But you your tax basis on that big, huge house was only 200,000. So you get to transfer your tax basis to the beach house of 200,000, but you have 200,000 more mm -hmm. that you paid for it, so you add that on to your 200, original 200,000 tax basis, which means then your tax basis is only 400,000. So it's a, it's a great way to move up as far as price, um, but keep your taxes low. And that's one of the reasons we have a housing problem in California. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of people that are afraid of tax, of transferring um, or having a much higher uh, tax bill. So now that people have that freedom to move to different counties and they can uh, purchase homes that are more expensive, hopefully it, the word will get out and we'll see some properties free up. Yes. Um, a couple other things too to keep in mind, it has to be a primary residence. It cannot be a home that is a investment property or a second home. So it has to be your primary residence. Um, and you must purchase the house within two years of the sale, the original sale. So you do have some freedom. So in this crazy market that we have right now where there's not a lot of inventory, um, that does take a little weight off your shoulders. It's not like a 1031 exchange where you only have 45 days. Mm -hmm. You got two years, mm -hmm. so that's plenty of time. 
Yeah, it's nice. Um, and another big change with Prop 19 is you now can use it three times, where previously it was only once in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So we now know that people do live longer than uh, 55. <laughs> yep, and bounce around a lot. So Yeah, so it gives you a lot of freedom. So. Yep. All right, what do we have next? Well... <laughs> okay, now we'll move on to talk about avoiding capital gains when you sell your primary residence. All right, great. Um, so, like we said in the beginning, holding on your money is sexy. Giving your money to the IRS is not. So, when you have a uh, home that you've owned for a long time, it could only be actually, like in my case, I've only owned my house for eight years at this point. Um, we, here in California, we've had some amazing gains and actually across the nation we've had some amazing gains yes, um, so the IRS this is not a California thing this is the federal government in every state we have a great um, uh, tax basically tax deduction for people as single people as well as married people so you do not have to pay capital gains so if you own a home and you all of a sudden now have doubled what the home is worth, let's say you bought it for 500000 and now it's worth a million. You get to, uh, as a married couple, you get a tax deduction of 500000 So mm -hmm. that 500000 you would not have to pay capital gains on. Mm -hmm. As a single person, it's two fifty. So, Bree, when you buy your house next year, if you're not married yet, you'll have 250000 <laughs> Got to figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, again, that will be a different show. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> that'll be Bree's podcast. <laughs> Uh, so, um, so that is a great way to have flexibility to, um, to actually make money. And you, in the past, it used to be that you could only do that, um, at once. And now you can do that every two years. So you have to live in the home for two out of five, two out of the five years, and you could do it every two years. So if you wanted to, you could go buy some ugly house and live there for two years, fix it up. Sell it after two years, and you can get as a single person, two fifty in um, in a tax credit tax. You totally spaced me. <laughs> Got a lot of editing what, what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't even know where I was at on that. We're gonna have to cut out a big part of that. Okay. Okay. What if I covered? You must own your home at two of the last five years. Mm -hmm. You said when you sell your house, you'll get uh, two hundred as a single person two hundred fifty. Yeah, that's what you ended up. Oh, okay. And it must be your primary residence, no vacation homes, and uh, you can use that deduction year after year after year every two years with no cap. So you can make that into a complete business model if you want to, and you could um, hmm. you could make up to 250000 as a single person every two years, sell it, and get a new property. So uh, definitely a way to um, – a loophole for people okay. to increase their wealth yep. pretty easily. Yep. Um, so just make sure, though, that you have lived in it out of two of the last five years. So that is a very important factor. Um, and if you uh, have rented it for the last three years, that's fine. So it could be a, rent, a rental, but you had to have lived in it two years okay. and I think that pretty much covers it so we have a lot of avenues for us to keep our money and not yep. to, uh, give it away yeah. to the government and yeah that was 
probably not very exciting. But. <laughs> well, it's good for people to know because it's it's confusing because it's new and we get asked all the time, okay, what's the difference now? So it's good to educate people and just, I mean, it's it, it benefit. It's a great benefit. So. Yeah. Well, and, and some of these things have been altered over the years and you know they're going to be altered again. So in 2022, who knows? Some of yeah. these uh, these ways to keep our money may change, but mm -hmm. it's important that we all know what our opportunities are. So yep. we look forward to you all making lots of money and keeping it too. There Thanks you go. Thanks so much. It's been fun. Yep. Bye. Bye, Bree.